continuing today in a series that we're calling One Another. You know by now there are lots of one another verses within the scriptures. Um, But before we started into the message, I wanted to draw your attention to something that I thought would be really applicable to this one another type of thinking. Um, Soul care is starting today, and if you don't know, soul care is just this um, training, is what I'll call it, on how to be better at practical one-anothering. And it's really some very practical, insightful, scriptural things. And Elaine is going to lead that along with Will and Carla. And that is today, starting at 1230 uh, in the fireside room. So if you don't have plans, but if you've if, if the One Another series has challenged you in some way, and I hope that it has, and you thought, gosh, I really would like to learn how to put some of this into practice, how to be better at it, we have the answer, and it's going to be at 1230 today in the Fireside Room. So after the, after the final amen, go get some lunch, come back, and head to the Fireside Room. It'll only be about an hour and a half, and that'll happen this Sunday, next Sunday, and I'm going to get the other, it's the 26th, right? We skip Father's Day, and then, so three Sundays be to your benefit to attend those. So plan to come to Soul Care if the one another's have been challenging you, and you'd like to put that more into action. Got a lot of good practical stuff, how to pay closer attention, how to relate to people, getting beneath the superficial, uh, entering somebody's story, lots of excellent stuff. So I want to encourage you to be a part of Soul Care. If you have any interest in putting the one another's into actions, we admire devoted people. Uh, whether you're talking about a marriage that has surpassed 50 years, we admire that. We have special receptions to honor people who have been devoted to one another for decades. We admire that. We think that's great. We admire athletes. We all know the story of the Olympian that has been training their whole life to get to this moment, and they're on the world stage, and it comes down to split seconds. And they win because of their devotion, because of the hours that they spent training in the pool or the days upon days of, of running at the track just to shave off quarters of seconds. We admire their dedication, their devotion to being a world-class athlete. We mentioned the uh, Memorial Day, and we admire our devoted men and women who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. So in, in a lot of different ways, big ways and small, we admire devoted people, people who go above and beyond the call of duty, people who go the second mile, people who are devoted in big ways and small. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'll give you an example, and it's an example from tragedy. The story in Uvalde, Texas, of course, you're all familiar with that terrible story. Gunman enters a school, tragically kills 19 children, two adults, himself. Uh, it is awful. It is the, a parent's worst nightmare in the midst of such abhorrent evil, in the face of this, we see heroic devotion. Uh, You know the story of Jacob Alvarado. Maybe you've heard his story. He's an off-duty border protection agent. He is not on duty. He's actually getting a haircut. 
Uh, people start reporting that there have been shots fired at the school, and he just jumps into action. And he says, you know, he was primarily going because his wife and his daughter were at the school. That's devotion. Now, he went into the school, uh, he rushed right into Robb Elementary, and he helped his wife and daughter to escape, and then he helped escort dozens of other students and faculty out of Robb Elementary. That's devotion. Jacob Alvarado didn't have to do that. He wasn't on the clock. No one was looking at him to do that. But he did something, there was something instinctive that was devoted more than to his job, but to his calling, to who he was, to even his just basic roles as husband and dad. You see, interviews with him are quite inspiring. You hear other stories like the story of Irma Garcia. She's a a fourth-grade teacher at Robb Elementary. She's been teaching for 23 years. She would die a martyr's death. From all accounts, she did everything within her power to protect her students, trying to pull the door shut, trying to hold it. When the gunman got into the room, she was a physical human barrier between the gunman and her students. She pleaded for them, and ultimately she would die with them. That is devotion. Her nephew wrote about his Aunt Irma. Those weren't just her students. They were her kids. That's devotion. See what I mean by we admire devoted people. Devotion is is an uncommon love. It's that dedication. It's that faithfulness that goes above and beyond the call of duty. Such devotion is admirable, and in our culture, it's also quite rare. Now, we can look at these exceptional stories, but let me turn this on you and ask you, what about you? Are you a devoted person? When you think about your roles as husband, wife, as mom or dad, your, maybe your job, maybe your, uh, your roles in society, in groups, are you a devoted person? Are you just, you know, just kind of there? That's what we're going to talk about today, and, and I hope today will challenge you. If you want to, I hope you'll follow along in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at our next one another verse. Today I'm going to be reading mostly from the NIV. Most of the time we use our ESV, and I'll still encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, to go ahead and follow along, but you'll, you'll see it'll be just a little bit different, that's okay. Romans 12, 9 through 11 is our anchor text for being devoted to one another. Now, if you know anything about Romans, we've talked about this before, but Romans is a lot of heavy theology. And then in Romans chapter 6, we talk about how to become a Christian. And then the rest of the book is a lot of very practical application of what it looks like to walk as a Christian. Romans chapter 12 especially. And in verse 9, Paul writes these words, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. The first thing we quickly see and understand is that Christians are to be people who are fully devoted people. Now, first and foremost, we understand that means a full devotion to Christ. 
in Matthew 9, or, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus would say this about becoming a disciple. He would say, "Who anyone who would come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross daily and follow me. So, as a Christian, as a disciple, you understand that that is a daily decision. And it's not just a daily decision about I love Jesus. This is a daily decision to die to myself. It's a daily decision to put what I want behind what anyone else wants, behind what Jesus wants, behind what even my brother or sister in Christ, what is in their benefit. So we start with this idea that devotion begins with Christ. A Christian is fully devoted first and foremost to our Lord. And then in addition to that... We practice daily devotion and devotion to one another. So let's look at what that means. First, being devoted means loving consistently. The scripture in our anchor text says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. What does it mean to be love sincerely? Um, One translation says, Let us love without hypocrisy. We always try to love in a consistent manner. We try to love us. The best way I could think of this is to love as God loves us. Turn to Matthew 5, 43 through 47. Jesus described it quite adeptly. We would expect that from Jesus. He says this in Matthew 5. And he's talking about love here. He says this. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Not even the tax, are not even the tax collectors doing that. If you greet only your brothers, are, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. God is consistent in his love. He loves his sons and daughters. All of, all of us who are created are loved by him. He knows the very numbers of hairs on our heads. He knows our value. He understands our worth. And he loves us still. Now, there are some of his children who vehemently deny his existence, who rebel in every way against him, and yet the Father loves them just the same. He sends The sun and the rain on the just and on the unjust, he loves them. To put it in a a Christ example, Jesus washed Judas' feet and he rebuked his well-meaning friend. Jesus was consistent in his love toward both friend and enemy alike. He loved them in the right ways. And that's what we mean when we talk about love must be sincere. It's easy to love people that you get along with. It's easy to love people that you have things in common with. But it's that's not where love and devotion matter. We're called to be consistent. Furthermore, I'll say, I don't think we should be binary. The scripture says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Do you guys know some Christians who are adamantly just completely devoted to hating what is evil? I mean, everything they talk about is all the evil going on in the world. Every social media post is all the evil going on in the world. And I'm 
I'm, I think we should hate evil, for sure. But that's not all the scripture says, is it? It says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Uh, it's easy to be a person who only hates evil. And the other side of that is to be a person who only loves good. Who only wants to talk about the positive. And we got to find balance in here in our devotion. So this is what Christians do. The other thing is, it's easy to soften or harden your position when things get personal. Love hates evil even when someone we love engages in evil. Doesn't matter. I may love someone, and if they're engaged in evil, then I've got, I hate the evil that they're engaged in. They shouldn't be proud of that. Love always hates what's evil. And love always holds on to the good. Love always holds on to what's good, even when the world will mock it. So may we love consistently and be devoted consistently. We're not going to do that perfect, which is why we need Christ, but we're called in our devotion to be consistent. Second, being devoted means lowering ourselves daily. This is uh, verse 10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. If I want to lift anything, you probably noticed the moment I got up here, like, that guy looks like he lifts. Okay? That wasn't a joke, but okay. But it doesn't matter how big your muscles are or how often you work out or how much you lift. If you, to begin to, to lift anything, you first have to lower. If you're going to pick up something, whether it's a chair or you got, you know, we were helping uh, the Howards move and we're lots of people and we were, you know, on this couch, we were trying to lift it and to, we were telling each other, now get under it. Hold on, let me get under it. We're lowering ourselves so that we could lift it up. And, and that's, there's, a, there's a principle there. If, you, if you're going to lift, you've, you've got to start by lowering. There, it's impossible, I can't think of a way, that you can lift anything without first lowering. Well, the same is true in a spiritual sense. If you want to lift someone else, it, it requires you to lower yourself. Okay, if you're just going to encourage someone after church and you want to talk, you know, you see somebody that is all kind of by themselves, and you want to engage them in conversation, but you start going just talking about yourself, your kids, your grandkids, all your accomplishments, everything about your life, you don't care about you, or you don't care about them, you only care about you. So to be devoted, you have to lower yourself, say, well, tell me about you. I did a funeral yesterday for my cousin, Rochelle Licklider. She was really good at that. You know, she would, she would always, in conversation, you couldn't get to talking about Rochelle very much, before she would turn it back on you. She was lowering herself so that she could lift you. That's principle. We should be people who lower ourselves to lift others. It it requires us to see selflessness instead of being selfish. It's important that we think about, when we think about being devoted to one another in love, I'll call you back to the biblical definition of love, not the world's definition of love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. Look at all of the ways in which Paul calls us to lower ourselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
4 through 6. You know these words, but I'll encourage you to read them. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The world would say, love means loving yourself. The scriptures would say, love means lowering yourself. That is, love is patient, it's not hurried. Love is kind, it's not just nice. Love does not envy, but it's genuinely happy for other people. Love does not boast about itself, but honors other people. Love is not self-seeking, but it acts in the interest of the good. Love is not easily angered, but love keeps their head about them. Love is, keeps, keeps no record of wrongs. It forgives easily and often. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Do you see once we... Here's a good, good test. If, can you put your name in place of the word love? How do you do on the lowering test? Now, there's some I do okay on, and there's a lot more I don't. That's a good measure of, of our devotion to loving one another. And loving one another as God calls us, not as the world would say. Finally, being devoted means loving, or I'm sorry, pursuing passionately. Verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Devotion is not satisfied with the bare minimum. It, lo, devotion always goes the second mile. You, you see uh, a couple that's been dating their first six months has a totally different picture than a couple that's been married for many years. What, what's the difference? They, they are striving to get the other's attention. They're putting their best foot forward. They're making sacrifices. They are, they are just doing everything that they can to show their love. But sometimes in marriage, there's a point where we get lazy. We get complacent. We stop going the second mile. We almost barely do the first mile. You understand that, 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 that in a human way, we understand that you gotta, devotion is not just hanging in there, but it's to continue to keep pursuing your spouse. Devotion isn't satisfied with the bare minimum. It always goes the second mile. There's no substitute for that kind of passion. We see that. We understand that. Um, let me ask you in your Christian walk, have you lost your first love? Do you remember when you first fell in love with Jesus, when you decided that he was worth following your whole life and, and your passion, your, your zeal, your desire, your fervency to pursue him all the days of your life? Are you still there yet? Are you still there? Or has it grown cold? This is one of the, the challenges that Christians have to work through is that to not to lo- lose our first love, not to let it grow cold. And so may we pursue God as passionately in our devotion to him all throughout our Christian walk. Uh, May we show ourselves to be 
a church that is devoted. Ed Milet tells the story of his dad, whose name is also Ed. He's Ed Sr. Ed Milet, uh, who tells the story, is Ed Jr. Ed Milet Sr. was an alcoholic, and he had a pretty bad problem. And he got to the point where he almost lost his family. And Ed Jr. recalls sitting in the truck with his dad, and his dad was crying. He was a man who didn't cry, but he was crying. And he said, Eddie, I've got to go away for a little while. Because I've got to get this under control. And so he left. He went to a treatment facility, joined Alcoholics Anonymous. He was gone for a while. He came home. He cleaned up, dried out. Young Eddie said, Dad, are you cured? Are you better? Will you ever drink again? His dad looked at him and he said, Son, I don't know. He said, what I do know is I have resolved that I'm not going to drink today. I've resolved for myself, for your mother, for you, for your siblings, that I'm not going to drink today. And he made that commitment. And he kept that commitment, according to Ed Jr., for the rest of his life. He joined AA and he made a devoted, consistent decision to never drink again. But instead of saying, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life, he just said, I'm going to make that decision for today. And every day he'd get up and he'd say, I can do it one more day. I can do it one more day. The inspiring part of that is that Ed didn't just go through AA, he became a sponsor in AA. And he helped, according to Ed Jr., he said, I'll never know the full count because it's all private. But to his best estimates, thousands of other men and women who he helped sponsor And he would tell them the very same thing. You can do it one more day. He'd call them on their birthday or the anniversary of their sobriety. And he would say, you can do it one more day. You got this. One man making a devoted decision changed thousands upon thousands of lives. By one decision. To stay devoted to stay committed. Ed said, it only occurred to me one night at two in the morning when I woke up from a dream, and he said, I realized that there was one person who did that for my dad. And I don't know who that is. I don't even know his name. But because of his devotion to my dad, my dad changed our family tree 
And Ed Jr. has gone on to be world, you know, very highly successful, runs businesses, speaks to people, and writes books and all that. And he said, because of his decision to be devoted to my dad, my dad changed his family tree, changed the lives of hundreds and thousands of other men and women who were struggling with the same struggle. And I'm standing here before you today as a result of an unknown man who was devoted to helping my dad overcome his addiction to alcohol. If anything encapsulates why devotion to one another is so important, that's it. That's that's what the church should be to each other. When we gather on Sunday or Wednesday, we meet together classes or small groups. We might do different things. We might talk about different things. We might pray about We might study different things. But at the end of the day, it should be one Christian saying to another, you can do it. You can stay devoted to Christ one more day. Don't give up. That kind of devotion requires a sincere love, never lacking in zeal, but spiritually fervent and serving the Lord. May we be devoted to one another in all that we do because of one man and his devotion to us. Now, his name we know, Jesus the Christ. And he lived his perfect life, but he died the death for us to atone for our sins, to bring us home. He did that for us. He did that for you and for me. And so if you don't know Christ, if you're not in Christ, we'd be glad to help you to introduce you to him. Or if you're ready to make that decision to be devoted to Christ, we'd be glad to help you do that and put him on in baptism today. If you need to do that, we're devoted to you. But, but I want to encourage all of us to continue to be devoted to one another. Whether it's coming to worship, being a part of your class, connecting with a small group. We need one another to say, you can do it one more day. If you have a spiritual need, our shepherds are going to be at the back, and you can head to the back at this time, and they will pray with you, and if you have a public need, they'll make that known. Whatever need you might have, if you have a need, um, you can head to the back at this time. Let's stand and sing.